Welcome back to the Macam in the Middle podcast after the third game of the season, first cup game of the year, well, season, um, away to Sheffield Wednesday, the fifth time we've played them in the last 12 months, some of which were better than the others, of course. The playoff semi final comes to mind straight away. But yesterday was one of the ones that I think most people will want to forget. 2 0 defeat, which means we do exit the cup in the first round, which I think. Wouldn't take too many people by surprise, given the build-up to the game and what was said, and of course, when the lineups came out. But very shortly, we will get into everything that happened during the game, the thoughts about you know how we kind of exited the Cup and kind of what that means going forward. But first and foremost, John, whether you were one of the fans that wanted us you know, to have a good Cup run, give it a good go, or whether you didn't really care if we got knocked out or not, the performance in the game was shocking. Yes, it's it's one of them, and I'm not personally. I'm not too fussed about about that cup. I'd, I'd like us to have a little run in the FA Cup, maybe, as long as it's not detriment to to the league. Um, yeah. This one, I'm not really too fussed. You know, a, a lot of teams use it to, you know, as maybe uh, an extra preseason game, and 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 obviously we have as well. Um, I think the thing that that frustrates me is, you know, you have got these players that should be chomping at the bit to want to play who who sort of haven't got anywhere near the first team in the first two games. And, you know, obviously we're, I wouldn't say we're flying, but we're doing relatively well at the moment. And it's not many of them seem to to take their chance. Um, I thought, I thought sort of looking, looking at it closer, I thought Diamond was okay, but it seemed like he was yeah. maybe playing for a move, you know, playing for a move away where he's going to, he'll probably go elsewhere into League One or something and play, play every game. But the rest, yeah, it was very... It was very limp. You didn't really see anyone who thought, yeah, he could, he, you know, the, the players sat on the bench and the players watching at home would think, yeah, I'm I'm pretty safe for Saturday. And that's that'll be the frustrating thing. Well, that's the frustrating thing for me. And I'm sure it'll be for Alex mm-hmm. Neal as well, you know, to because obviously he can't really, it could probably depend on one or two of them to to come and fill in, you know, maybe a winch or something like that. But as a team yesterday, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great at all. I think the only thing I said said on my Twitter last night, the only thing I'd maybe give them is there wasn't really a focal point up front. And I think the way that we play sometimes, we do need that. We did miss, yeah. you know, I think it's maybe a, a little bit of a different story if you've got a focal point in Stuart and Sims. But, you know, we've, we've missed out on on Broadhead. So you ultimately, if you're playing two strikers, you've got you've got to rest Sims and Stuart because um, you don't yeah. want any of those two going down because that changes the dynamic of the transfer window again. So, you know, I, I can see where Alex Neal's coming in for me we're out whatever but it's it's more the the man of the performance on players who mm. should be pushing but ultimately they're not yeah and obviously people always talk about you know this cup in particular but also the FA Cup which obviously I think starts in January I think it is but obviously focus on this one in particular Dylan people always say it does need a revamp the schedule needs change and obviously this is the third game of the season um, a lot of clubs obviously haven't finished their transfer business got players that will leave players that will come back and for Sunderland, with it being the first season back in the Championship, no one knows how it's going to go. So it is important to keep players like Pritchard, Stewart, Sims, Jack Clark, the likes of them fit and not risk them in a game like this. Would it be more beneficial if the Carabao Cup started later in the season where you have a bit more of an idea as to where you are in the league, how you're, getting, how you're going to get on in the league, where your potential you know, end place finish could be? Would that help? kind of the competition and possibly see teams actually feel the starting eleven that they want to win the game? Um, yeah, I think it possibly would. I don't even think we'd have to delay it that much, maybe just by, 
by another month, month and a half. It's because obviously, as yeah. you said, obviously last night we didn't want to. We've only got two like senior strikers, so we don't want to be putting our and our best players out on the pitch like Sim Stewart. Obviously, Pritchard's played very well, but then and like oh, because the window's not over yet, and then obviously if one of our key players gets injured, that adds to the list of things that we need to bring in. And I think if it started even just a couple of weeks after the window ends, when everyone's got or at least hopefully has the full squad that they that they intend to go through the rest of the season with, then they'll be more prepared to put out maybe a stronger eleven. In these sorts of games, because like I don't, obviously I'm, I wasn't expect as soon as I saw the lineup, I wasn't expecting a brilliant result when we're not playing a striker. But uh, I, I'm not, I don't have any complaints about that because I'd rather keep our best players fit for the league because obviously that uh, should be the main priority for everybody this season, just to do it as well in the league as we possibly can. However, on the other hand, I do want to say it's a bit, it, it, it's the manner, it's the manner of the defeat, isn't it? No one looked really. Bothered, and that I think that is because obviously the game being being now, it's not that it's not any one that anyone's going to be focusing on. But I mean, we're doing the same in the FA Cup, which like we keep getting knocked out in like the first round against like teams like in lower leagues, Mansfield. and it is a bit embarrassing. Obviously, yeah, we got beat by Mansfield two years in a row, and yeah. then this as well is just like. On one hand, the cups aren't a priority, but it is a bit embarrassing to be losing to these lower league teams like just time and time again in the first round. Yeah, and obviously I said this in in the group chat as well, John. But is it somewhat underestimated before the game yesterday how much maintaining that unbeaten run could have been for Sunderland? Obviously, it was eighteen uh, games unbeaten in in competitive games. Um, it would have obviously been nineteen had we won the game yesterday. Is it a little bit underestimated that you know if we'd put a stronger team out, you know, not the starting eleven, but you know maybe played. You know, one of the strikers that we have chucked in, you know, maybe Dan Ballard, get him a few more minutes. Would it have been more beneficial for someone to win that game just to maintain an unbeaten run going into the, you know, first month of the season? Uh, I think it depends on, you know, on how sort of Alex Neil sees it. You know, is he is he saying to the players every week, sort of, oh, you know, we're we're unbeaten, you know, in this many games competitively? I'm I'm not sure he sort of he goes with that. I'm. I think ultimately he's just number one focus at the moment is just on the leagues. You know, that is, that is our bread and butter. And I think that has been for, you know, for, you know, for, for a long time now. And it's just one of those things I think we, we have to accept. Obviously, I get the point of, you know, and it's, it's different players psyche, isn't it? Of, you know, how, how they respond to certain things. But I, I don't think Alex Neil sort of goes down that. I think he just takes each game as it comes, you know, and, and it's almost like if you listen to his interview, it's almost like he accepts that, we lost, you know, and and it's he's not really too fast, you know. When when things don't go right for us, you can tell he's he's got the right up sometimes. But last night was just a bit. Well, we did change it up, you know. It's it's just one of them things. So I don't think you can maybe underestimate the that that sort of thing of oh, you know, we're we're unbeaten in this and you know and the runs and that sort of thing. But I I don't think personally he he goes on that, and ultimately it's him who you know who who runs the team. Yeah. And obviously, we've, we've talked about the starting eleven. Obviously, it was a complete different eleven players that, that started the game. A few of which probably won't feature too much in the league, um, providing players stay fit. Some of them will, you know, the likes of Embleton, Patrick Roberts, Billy White, uh, potentially Alessi as well. Obviously, came in from West Ham and probably had the intention of starting games. They will feature probably quite a bit this season, but not one player in that team, I don't think look like they were bothered about starting league games. You know, it was a chance to impress, chance to, you know, show Alex Neil why they should be in the starting eleven for Saturday's game, for example. Not one of them did that, Dylan. 
Um, yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're right for the most part. Obviously, we said we said about Diamond looked looked lively, but that's just as we said, it's probably him just trying to get a move away. But it, no matter what, how much effort he put in last night, he's not playing. It wouldn't have come off for him because, quite frankly, he's not a striker. He's a wide player, and obviously yeah. that that just highlights another problem with our squad depth that we still need at least one more striker. Personally, I'd like two because one one injury to the squad when we've got three strikers and we're back in the same position we're in now. But uh, other than him, I'd say. I, I think Hume Hume looked looked all right. He didn't have the best of games, obviously, but there was a few moments, obviously, like he put his body on the line when that absolute rocket of a shot went straight off his head. Yeah. I thought that it snapped his neck. But um, I was I was quite surprised at how poor Edmonton was. I think obviously the people have said in the chat before he's either he's either absolutely brilliant or he's just completely invisible. And unfortunately, this was one of those times where where he was invisible. But um, and it's the same way, same with Bailey Wright, as you just said there. If he if he doesn't have a good game, then he has a shocking game. He's never he's never just like coast and he's never like a six out of ten. He's either awful or he's or he's excellent. So it was a confusing one because obviously this, this, that would have been the prime opportunity for for the lads starting last night to try and state a claim for the first team. I don't want to good give too much stick to Halisa because obviously he's still new, probably still getting used to the way we play football, and I'm sure his performances and his minutes will come with time, but. The lads who've, who've been here for at least a season or two now and should should know better. You know what I mean? Yeah, and obviously there is still what four week up uh, three weeks left of the window, possibly just less than that, John. So you know players will come in. Um, Alex Neal said for what feels like a long time now that we still need three, four, possibly five new players to come in. Whether we get all of them or not, I'm not sure. But it's a guarantee, pretty much, that we will get a few more in. Does the performance from last night's game? change how many players we need to bring in when you consider that you know if Pritchard gets injured it's going to be one of them that replaces him you know if a defender gets injured it's going to be one of them that replaces him has that somewhat changed your kind of perspective on what we need to bring in and how many we need to bring in yeah I think it I think it has highlighted it and I think maybe Alex Neal's probably done it to to show you know I'm sure the owner would have been watching I'm sure you know speaking would have been watching and those types of things and I think it's sort of an indirect message that you know, we we do need the reinforcements. Yes, if, you know, say, I'm not sure Lyndon Gooch is going to be first choice right back all season, but imagine if he gets injured, you know, you're, you're probably not talking about Huggins playing there. You may be thinking, well, we've got to mess about with 9 you know, and and those and Winchester. Um, ultimately, it, it's one of those things that need fixing. Um, we need players to come in, in, you know, obviously we know we need a striker. Um, I'd probably say we need someone else in, um, in centre midfield as well to sort of bolster that maybe another winger seeing as you know Leon Diaku just can't get anywhere near the squad you know half the time even though he's he's down as injured so yeah I think it I think it has ramped up a little bit um, I think we we ultimately have to accept that we are in a position where we've got to wait for the Premier League teams to sort out their their squads um, before letting you know by all accounts it's, it's those types of you know, sort of under 23s and your your very outskirt players um who we're who we're gonna be targeting. Um but ultimately you you know we'd we'd all like to see it it happen quickly, but I don't think it's gonna be a case of that. And when those players do become available and we do get them, I think you will then see a shift of, you know, maybe Winchester going out, obviously Diamonds um going out, you know, those those types of players that are just not not gonna be consistent enough to play most of the season and they're not going to be happy to sit and play, you know, once a month. Um, so I yeah. think we've, we've got to get that balance right. And I think, it, again, it's just one of those, you know, waiting games. Yeah. I'm quite sure most people will know who started the game because it was 
broadcasted on live television for everyone in the world to see, unfortunately. But Alex Bass in goal, Winchester White and Alessi as the back three. Trey Hume, Matete O'Neill and Harrison Sona. Embleton behind Robertson Diamond. So like I said, complete different start 11. But the game's underway. Sunderland never really posed a threat for, well, for the full 90 minutes, but especially in the last in the first 15. It was 16 minutes in Dylan that Sheffield Wednesday scored. And very similar to... All, th- well, all the goals were conceded so far this season in the league. It stemmed from another individual error. I think it was Winchester give the ball away under no pressure. Um, taking away nothing from the strike. Because obviously, you know, he's 30 yards out. Chances are nine times out of ten, he's going to put that into row Z. He didn't this time. He did find the top corner. So credit for the finish. But again, just an individual error that led to the to the chance. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I was in. Obviously, I was in. I was in work watching it. And initially, when it went in, I was sort of like, I just can't even be angry about that because because what yeah. a goal. But then when the replay came on, obviously, you could see like just the, the error leading the goal. And I just, it's just so avoidable. Like, yeah, it was a good finish, but if we don't make the mistake, then he doesn't get the opportunity to slap it off corner the way he did. And I mean, obviously, we were we were pouring in the build to that goal and just throughout the game. I think it, it says a lot that like the only thing, the only moments I can remember from the game. Is the two goals like there's nothing else like that? It feels like nothing else happened for 90 minutes. So yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely definitely. I can't really remember either keeper having to make a save in the entire game. No, I mean neither. I fair. could actually be wrong on that, but I generally don't think either keeper made a save in that game. I don't know if either if you can remember one, John, off the top of your head. No, I can't at all. No, I yeah. think that was when in the first half I was one one shot on target. That was the goal, I think. Yeah. And obviously, Sunderland only had one on target in the entire game, which, again, I can't actually remember. Yeah, no, I don't know who that was from. Yeah. Corner or something. Yeah. So what we're saying is the best, you know, it's just best to forget about this game, move on. People yeah. always say that, and it's, it's one of them that, to forget and put past you, but at the same time, it's one of them games that you probably don't want to forget because you need to look at it and be like, if these are the players that are going to be starting games, if players get injured, they need to do a lot better than that. Yeah, yeah. They, they definitely do. I'd say the hope is that we don't get injuries to the point where all of those players need to be starting at the same time. Because yeah. obviously we've seen, obviously I know he was poor, but everyone's able to play his part when he comes on and when he gets a start. Same with Roberts. Obviously in pre-season, Hume looked okay, but clearly as a as a one cohesive unit, they're not anywhere near that. So. Yeah. I think yeah. that's one of the points I made to someone as well, John, that you know the performance from the team as a collective wasn't good and should be better. Individuals should be better as well, but that starting eleven, had that been our team in League One last season, probably finish around 14th, I'd imagine. You know, a lot of them didn't even start for us last season. Obviously, Embleton was obviously playing second fiddle, uh, Pritchard, Jack Diamond very rarely played, Trey Hume never featured. Matetti and O'Neill found themselves on the bench quite a lot. So it was even our second team in League One last season, but there's still players there that, you know, if one or two players in the starting eleven were to get injured, say, I don't know, if Danny Bart got an injury, you'd still expect Bailey Wright to be able to jump in there and, and do a job. Same with Embleton if Pritchard got injured, but it's the fact that all 11 fringe players were in the same 11 for the game. Yeah, again, I think it's, as a collective, it's... Like we're saying, it's just it's just one of those poor things, you know. If you put Bailey Wright into the team that plays at the weekend, I think he slots in. I think we've got a lot of one or two sort of slotty in players. If if you see, what I mean, if you put Luco Nine in, you know, into our starting lineup Saturday, I think it it just happens to work. But if you put players who 
who haven't played for a while and as a as a collective play and they're not they're probably not used to that you know non-focal point up front it's you know well, what what do we hit what do we do it you know it, it seems at times yesterday that you know, there are two or three players more than we did. It was just, it was a very strange game. We couldn't, we couldn't get the passing game going. And like I say, there's no one to hit up front. Um, but yeah, ultimately, individually, you know, these, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't good enough. And you, you want to see them, you know, you look at Sheffield Wednesday and they're, some of their players who are second fiddle, you know, are probably in contention for Saturday now for the, for their team. And that's that's what you expect. I think that's the frustrating thing with the fan base. You know, you've got Luke 09, you know, you'd, you'd expect him to dominate, you know, that midfield. But ultimately, he didn't didn't really do anything sort of passing-wise. Um, Embleton, again, you're, you're looking to him to see some sort of of mock Pritchard. I don't know, he's not as good as Pritchard, but you'd like to see something like that against the League One team. And, you know, it it just didn't happen. I think that's that's the massively frustrating thing. But, you know, I think it's for Alex Neil to sort of, it may be a learning curve for him to see, well, maybe these players aren't up to it and maybe we do need to go a little bit further afield, you know, transfer-wise. And then ultimately we can ship out these players who have who have done well, to be fair, to get, to get us to where we are. But ultimately it's, you know, we've got to be maybe a little bit ruthless and say, you know, thanks for... Thanks for all you've done, but you know we need to we need to step it up now. Yeah, absolutely. And like we said, not much else happened in the first half outside that goal. And again, second half was a similar theme. Eleven minutes in the second half, Sheffield Wednesday did make it two 0 And once again, John, individual errors. It was a back pass to Alex Bass, who you know tried to play it out to Alessi or Aless. I still don't know how you pronounce his name. Tried to play it out to him. He's over hit the pass. Um, it was good cross into the box, but again. Second individual ever of the goal. Winchester, all right, either of them were nowhere to be seen. And I think it was Sau or So, however you, say, however you say his name, was in the middle, completely unmarked all the time in the world to pick out a finish. And he did make a 2 0. Again, just a, a, a very disappointing goal to concede. Yeah, it was very, very poor all round. Um, you know, it's, it starts with the goalkeeper. Um, I think again we're we're probably looking in a bit further now to to get in a um, another keeper because I'm not quite sure why we're signing you know reserve team goalkeepers from League One. I'm I'm sure we could pick out a keeper who's who's done okay in League One and actually played you know yeah. to push Patterson. But we're we're going back to it a little bit like Patterson will probably look at that and think oh, I'm quite safe at the moment. Not you know that we obviously know he's number one, but at his age at the moment and being number one, you need to be always kept on your toes, and that's what we need. Um, but yeah, poor, poor back pass um, out from him, and that and that leads to you know the errors. We we don't stop a cross coming in. Another frustrating thing. And if if you've got a striker who did he? I don't know if he brought it down, but with that much time in the box, you know it doesn't matter if he's in League One or you know non-League, and he slots it in there. You, you've given him far too much space. I'm not quite sure where Bailey Wright is, but you know you could say he's he's been he's off the pace because he he hasn't played for a while, but. I don't think that's really an excuse. And, you know, 2-0, it just killed it. And it, it killed it early on. And it was a bit like, well, what do we do now for sort of, I don't know, sort of 30, 40 minutes? It's a waste of time. Yeah. And obviously, at 2-0 down, had it been a league game, Dylan, you know, you'd expect teams to make changes, you know, change it up, try and get back into the game. But as soon as that second went in, you could kind of tell that Alex Neal had accepted that we were going out the cup and you know people always say well if you're not performing well you should be subbed off but at the same point I think like Alex Neil said it himself or he has said it in the past that these are the players that got them in that situation it's the same players that need to 
you know, up the game and, and try and get them out of it. And obviously Spellman came on for his debut. I think Caden Kelly came on for, I don't know if that was his debut or not. I think someone said he played in the, in the Papa John's Trophy potentially last season. I can't remember that. But, you know, you could tell that he didn't really care how once we went 2-0 down. Yeah, no, and to to be fair, I don't think I don't think like there was a there was a substitution that he could have made that would have got us back in the game. But I think as soon as that second goal went in, especially the style in which we we conceded it, we were just we were just down and out. So I say I saw it as a good as he as he must have as well. I saw it as a good opportunity to get the young lads on, give them some first team minutes, and I was I was that was probably one of the only only positives to take from the game that some of the young lads who who will hopefully be breaking their way into the first team in the future have uh, have, have got a chance to to have a run out. But I mean, like, it would have been impossible to try and make like a an impact sub because they have to take off a poor performer. But everybody was poor, so there was no one. There was he could there was no there was nobody to pinpoint to take off to improve the situation because everybody was just collectively awful. Yeah, well, they did finish two nil. Um, so again, probably a good thing in terms of having less fixtures, especially at this stage in the season. Obviously, it's going to be a much busier season with the World Cup, so fixtures are crammed in. A lot tighter than usual. The unbeaten league run is still ongoing, obviously, and that will go into Saturday's game against QPR. But, you know, just touching briefly on that Saturday game, John, the starting eleven certainly picks itself now. Oh, yeah, definitely, barring any any injuries. And I think it was telling that Alex Neil said, you know, the last two games in the league, of, we've really had to, to work hard as opposed to League One. You can you can get away with sort of a, a 60% performance and, and pick up a result. So he, you know, he's he's seeing the limitations maybe of the squad and how hard we've had to work. So those players do need, you know, the pressing from Sims and Stuart the weekend. You know, they're, they're not going to be able to do 60, 70 minutes. You know, it doesn't matter how fit you are. Um, mm. Do 60, 70 minutes playing Sheffield Wednesday. And then, you know, we need the same output as from Bristol City um, on Saturday. Um, so obviously, it's you know it's just a um, a bit of a limitation at the moment. Um, but yeah, the team ultimately yeah picks itself. Not I don't think one player from from last night can come and say, well, why am I not starting? Yeah, that is fair enough. And obviously, can't rule out signings coming in between now and Saturday's game. If they did, um, I can't imagine they'd start in this about well, starting the it's starting eleven potentially play a part in the game from the bench but obviously nothing appears to be imminent from the media or anything like that but of course as Sunderland have in the past kind of two windows they do play cards close to the chest so who knows who can come in between now and then but anyway like we said QPR on Saturday they are without I think four of their first team players obviously Chris Willick who was probably one of the best if not the best player in the championship at the minute he is out with an injury Jay Clark Salter who everyone will remember from his time at Sunderland, probably most commonly flat tackle on the Dharma Trite Oway, which still lives in my head rent-free. And I can't remember the name of the other two players. Kenneth Powell, did it, was it? Kenneth Powell, I think there's one more. Uh, I can't remember the other one was, but I, it's it's sem- not like decently important players for them. Try and find out who it was, actually. That's going to annoy me now. But either way, there is four first-team players missing for that game. Um... Luke Amos, that is it. That is your one that's missing. So QPR fans are certainly not particularly confident ahead of this game, and you know they are kind of accepting that Sunderland will win this game. It's not ever as easy as that. It will still be a tough game. Sunderland still have to work hard to get the three points. But before we wrap it up, John, score predictions for Saturday. 
Uh, I'm going to go with a gritty 1-0 win. I'd like to say, I don't think it'd be as easy as uh, as maybe some people are making out. Not that I've seen a lot of people make out, but if you're saying that's what QPR fans are thinking, we know it never works out like that. But yeah, I'll there think, was a QPR uh, fan claiming they should be given a 4-0 handicap just to see if they can get anything out of the game. So. <laughs> I'm glad to help. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. I'll uh, yeah, I'll take a scrappy one nil. Thank you. Uh, three points will do for me. But yeah, I'll t- I think it'd be a scrappy one nil. Bit of frustrating. I'll take three points. However, we get them. Dylan, score prediction for Saturday. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go two one simply because I slag Lyndon Dykes off that much that he's definitely gonna score. However, Ross Stewart's also twice a player, so I reckon Dykes will score for them, but then we'll get a Ross Stewart brace. Ross Stewart brace. Love to see it. Hopefully so. Tomorrow we will try and have a preview out for the game, um, obviously with a QPR fan if we can get one on. But we'll also have reaction to Saturday's game out on Sunday afternoon. Hopefully another win. Potentially it could be top of the league come then. Um, but again, we are two games in the season at the time of recording, so anything could happen. But until then, we'll see you later. That's all, folks.